How about Sunrise Land? No. Are you there, Dean? Dean? Yeah? <gasps> you're back. Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? Oh, Hello? You're back. I'm back. Oh, you've been away for so long. Yeah, I, I know, but I'm back. Barely noticed. No, I, I've, been back. I've been back for two weeks. <laughs> I know, I did a real bad job of helming the ship while you were away, but it's fine. <clears throat> Excuse me, we are back for week. Uh... <laughs> 14 14 is it it would be technically it's 15 if you count the the piss poor episode you done last week whoa it wasn't an episode it was <laughs> or then then it's uh, not it's not 14 it's, it, this is 14 it was me copping out of an episode um i gave my yeah. reasons and they're good reasons yeah this is the official yeah because you want to focus on your modeling every time you say modeling i picture you like taking photos and Stripping off naked and all that, but modeling really and... just you're just sticking bits of plastic together. Well, I mean, if you want to be reductive, yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, that. And I was I've been working on my twine game, which is fun, and also playing just non stop Dark Souls. <clears throat> but you've been in China, and I want to hear in China. I, I did hear all about it while you were there, but I also want to hear all about it now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's a funny country. The best part was is Facebook's blocked, Twitter's blocked, and my VPN didn't really work. Yeah, there's that will happen. And, yeah, and like Western websites were very slow loading anyway for some reason. Um so I just didn't catch up with the news. And then when I did like log on look at news, it's like everyone's deleting Uber and there's hashtag Muslim ban, whatever the hell that was. Um, <laughs> I've since kind of found out what it was. Oh yeah, that was that was Trump. Um, I thought it was nice to do with Uber. I thought Uber like offended Muslim people, and then everyone deleted Uber. No, Trump. Uh, Trump banned. <sighs> hold on a sec. Hold on a sec. Oh, I don't have one. I'm a bit ill and I'm on painkillers and stuff because I broke my toe. Um, <clears throat> what did he do? He stopped people coming in the country from certain countries, which um, which he blamed on terrorism, but then he he didn't even block the countries where terrorist attacks have come from. So he's kind of a weirdo. And I think the, the, the Uber thing was something to do with Lyft being better. I don't know. <laughs> Everyone always jumps on the delete Uber thing whenever Uber does something shitty i deleted uber when they charged me 75 quid for a trip they said was going to cost 29 <laughs> <laughs> you should have complained i would probably refund it no i did i did i complained and they went now nah, this thing's right this is within our expected ranges for that trip and it's like well why didn't you tell me that instead of telling me it was going to be 29 jerks <laughs> um what beer you got there tease me i've got brew dog elvis juice oh, i still have one of my favorites the grapefruit infused IPA. Mm. 6.5%. I'm looking forward to having that when we. Because there's a Brewdog bar in Japan, right? Yeah, so we record on a Sunday, and on Tuesday we fly to Japan. On Wednesday we arrive in Japan. Mm. That's going to be a hell of a flight. 
Uh, it won't be that bad. I've I've updated my um my uh, media list for the plane, and I've got some I've got some special shit on there. I'm quite happy. So, what's your plan for this? Uh, uh, we've got a one hour flight to Amsterdam, and then I'll meet you in Amsterdam, and then we've got eleven hour, f- eleven and a half hour flight to Japan. So, what's your plan? The one hour flight is no big deal. I'll just look out the window and have a have some rum or something. Um, the longer flight, I mean, I'm going to be staying up all night the night before, just so it'll be easier to sleep on the plane anyway. Um, mm-hmm. But then I'm bring I'm looking at my tablet at the moment. I'm bringing with me uh, How's Moving Castle, Princess <laughs> Mononoke, um, things that I haven't seen in a little while. What else have I put on there? Uh, the Channel 4 series Flowers, which I started and didn't finish, but loved, and I kind of want to watch that. Um, all of Neon Genesis Evangelion, which in itself is about, uh, well, I don't know, a lot of time. And The Princess Bride. So I'm set. Oh, oh nice. I like that you got some Studio Ghibli films in there, because we'll probably definitely go to the Studio Ghibli Museum at some point. I heard it was kind of pointless because there's like no subtitles for anything and like the only thing I really want to see there is May and the Kitten Bus which definitely isn't subtitled um, yeah they've got like one they've got several f- exclusive films that's exclusive to the cinema mm. that I think they only play one per day one different film per day so it's completely random which one you're going to get um, I still enjoyed it it the film I watched didn't require knowledge of Japanese. So they didn't it, say anything? It wasn't... No, it was just very storytelling with the visuals. I mean, Ghibli uh, films are good at that anyway. Um, mm. Yeah, like you could tell what was... It wasn't. I wasn't lost in the story. It was a very basic story of a girl goes into the woods to escape the city and comes one with nature and shit like that that sounds it familiar was, it was. yeah it was, it's quite a good little film but apart from that the museum is worth going to i'd go to it again um and i went last year and they got such a cool gift shop with all these art books of all different ghibli films and all these one-of-a-kind things that you can't buy anywhere else and i bought a giant totoro for my daughter she loves it yeah see i bought um uh, my neighbor Totoro and Ponyo for my niece, who is four. I think she was four when I got them for her. Mm-hmm. Um, both dubs, obviously, because um, Ghibli do a really good job with their dubs. Uh, and I thought she was going to be bang into it, but she's just not really that bothered. Um, otherwise, I would have bought her back a Totoro or something. But I think her mum's angling for me to get her a, a little sort of baby kimono. Uh, kimono? Komodo. Which one's the dragon? Komodo. Komodo. So a little kimono then. <laughs> little kimono dress, yeah. Yeah. And my mum also wants one, so I'm going dress shopping, I guess. Yay. She's been... It's, it's, uh, it's funny when you go on holiday and like everyone puts their orders in of what they want. I do it every time you go away and you never bring me anything. I specifically asked for one of those Jackie Chan suits. Like, <laughs> <laughs> when you went to China, 
<laughs> you were like, oh yeah, here's one. I would have paid you so much money for that thing. <laughs> oh, yeah, so China. China was pretty awesome. I went to... Um, my One of my best friends is Chinese, so I went to stay with him and his wife and his family out there. Mm. Yeah, he lives in Spain, but he goes back normally once a year to spend Chinese New Year over there. So I was going... A few days after I landed, we was going to celebrate Chinese New Year. And when you think of Chinese New Year, you think of like fireworks everywhere and dragons and street parades and all crazy kinds of shit. Well, you might. What What do you think of when you when you think uh, Chinese people celebrating Chinese New Year? I've never really thought about it. Uh, were we Were we right? Is it Spring Festival? Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. So I was expecting these like street things and you know giant dragons with a hundred people in it like a millipede kind of thing it turns out everyone just watches this one tv show they just stay in their house with their family and watch this one tv show it's on every year which is a big giant variety show of chinese propaganda i guess because it's got like (laughs) songs and dancing by the military and it's got all these different live dances from all different parts of china and they've got jokes and comedy scenes that i didn't understand at all because i don't understand much chinese um so yeah that was fun watching telly for four hours cool celebrating chinese new year the authentic way some of the things i think i'm most excited about in japan is watching some of their tv shows (laughs) (laughs) yeah last time i went i didn't have a tv in my apartment so this time i may try to get one with a tv and a washing machine so we can take less clothes with more space for bullshit (laughs) Are you and this fucking washing machine? You haven't shut up about it for weeks. Yeah, but I think it's genius, right? Because I can just take three sets of clothes instead of nine and, like, just wash them three times, right? And then have more space in my luggage for cool shit. Yeah, no, that completely makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, my big suitcase is going to have inside it a small suitcase (laughs) and then all my clothes. So then I'm going to go with one suitcase and come back with two suitcases. My carry-on luggage is like the maximum size that they will allow for carry-on luggage. And I think I'm going to be able to get quite a lot of my clothes into it. So even more suitcase room for, well, I mean, let's be clear, model kits, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) Robots. That sounds like a plan. Jealous. I don't have a beer. It's good beer as well. So, um, yeah, we're going to have to go to Brewdog Bar. But, um, yeah, I made a pilgrimage in China. I thought, while I'm over there, I'm going to go to this place I've always wanted to go because of a game called Shenmue, which came out like 15 years ago. Did you go to the Gashapon machine? <laughs> I went to the Gashapon. Yeah, it's a game where basically you're living in Japan and then the second game is based in China. And then at the end of it, you go to this very beautiful naturey part of china called guilin mm-hmm. so i decided to go there and it was fucking amazing there's all these like mountains everywhere it was completely green a lot of it was illuminated with lights in the city is that the area where you have to do that awful awful mini game of like catching the leaves off the tree no that's in hong kong <clears throat> oh because that did my fucking head in that's in hong kong yeah great game but there was some horrible sections in it yeah, apparently HD versions rumoured to come out this year before the third game. So 
It's not going to be. It's not aged well with that game. That third game is the new Last Guardian. That will be out in like twenty twenty six. I don't care. Uh, it's it's been confirmed. It's being made, and that's all that matters. Because I've spent like ten years in limbo waiting for a confirmation. That that was one of those things, right? That E three. Like I always stay up or whatever I'm doing, I'll, I'll watch E three as it's happening on the streams and that. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, you get your Far Cries and your Call of Duties and your Assassin's Creeds and whatnot. All that shit is a given. And then at the Sony conference, this humble little guy comes out and he's like, <coughs> Shemu free. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's like, what the fuck? Where did that come from? Yeah, it, brought a, it literally brought a tear to my eye hearing it because I've been wanting this game for ages. Shemu and Shemu 2 are my two favourite games ever. Mm. They're, they're games that I played a lot as a kid and... They were the first games I felt engrossed and immersed in that world. And that's my first taste of living in an Asian kind of culture. Because uh, the first game, that's very like realistic, the game. Yeah, I bet. Like when you're trying to spy on that dude and you have to get a job as a forklift driver. and Exactly. Like, it's not <laughs> like, it's not like a normal, it's not like a normal game where, you know, you're an action hero or whatever and you're going through levels. It's like using this open world which there was nothing like that at the time but it was a very realistic and grounded open world not like Grand Theft Auto for example where you can run around with rocket launchers and steal cars it was like very real world everyone's living in it and everyone's living a normal life and everyone's got their own routines and you can talk to them and it was nothing like it at the time it just like engrossed me in this part of Japan and then the second game same again but in China Mm. Um, I think a lot of games have tried to do that since and have all fallen flat on their fucking faces. I'm thinking specifically of like Sleeping Dogs. God, that was awful. What was what was Sleeping Dogs a sequel to? Um, True Crime. True Crime Streets of LA. Fuck, that game was dog shit. True Crime series. Yeah, that was like very cheap Grand Theft Auto. What was that John Woo game? Oh, it was, it was like kind of like Max Payne meets China. Um, yeah I know the one there was tons of doves all the time <laughs> Stranglehold 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 that's the one so that was kind of like action Shenmue if I remember rightly it was a bit oh I don't know fun game no it wasn't cool game Shenmue is a game where you literally do nothing most of the time you're just walking around but the world is just so engrossing like, you can just go up to a vending machine and buy a can of Coke and drink it. You can do that just in GTA. For the, just for the fun of it. Uh, no, but that's <laughs> the thing. Like this was before GTA. This was like 1999 or soon after. This was uh, Dreamcast, wasn't it? Dreamcast, yeah. And at the time, it was just nothing like this game. Um, yeah, I remember playing it. I don't think it had the effect on me that it had on you. No, it completely had a big, giant effect on me. It was very slow starting, slow burning. It was kind of like a life simulator, in a way. But not quite as deep in as like the actual life simulators. Like a what's that? Shit? Second Life. Fuck. No, no, not like that. But you know, you just live most of the time. You're just living this guy's normal life, trying to find out what happened to his father. So it's not. Yeah, um, I've got and my dream car. The action is you get to like street fights in it, which is quite cool. But 
Yeah, you got a Dreamcast. I sold you it. Yeah, I've got a Dreamcast. I've got the ability to like, make just make games for it. So I'll probably just play Shenmue at some point. Yeah, I would. But um, yeah, so I went to this place that was at the very end of Shenmue 2. Because um, Shenmue 2, you're basically in a city having all this crazy wild time. And then the last act, you're in the country and you're just walking through the forest. And that's literally all you do is walk through the forest and talk to this girl. And that's pretty much 90% of the ending. Just walking through this forest, this mountainous land. And it's just complete calm compared to like the rest of the game where it's like a lot more action focused and a lot more doing stuff. So you're literally just walking along and talking and developing the character. So, and that was like really complete contrast and change to the game. So um, I managed to go to this place and it was absolutely stunning. I've done like a whole tour of the area. I got a guided tour, um, took lots of photos, took some good drone footage, which I need to edit down and get out there, climb some little mountains, which is fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just being one with nature. It was pretty badass. Sounds pretty tight, man. And then I went to this place called Chengdu, which is a cool city in the Sichuan province. And what does Chengdu? What does Chengdu? What does what does Cheng doesn't? What does Cheng don't? No, what does Cheng doesn't? <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with that, but um. Sichuan is famous for spicy food. Yep. So I had the local delicacy called hot pot, which is basically this big giant burning pot of chili oil in the middle of your table. And then you use all the food and you just dip it in, wait for it to cook and then dip it out and eat it. And it was so good. So, so good. Yeah. I remember you sending me a lot of pictures of this stuff and I was getting pretty jealous. It did look fucking awesome. Yeah. And I just like all these places where you just buy raw meat and then just, you got a little, table in front of you a little grill in front of you where you can just put it on and cook it and just eat it like fresh fresh off the grill it's just so good we'll be doing this in japan don't you worry i do have a question about china mm-hmm. something i've been wondering about since you sent me a picture of it yeah was that genuinely a donnie yen famed sex shop no when it it was donnie yen sign there was a few different shops I saw with these signs above the doors, which had Donnie Yen posing on them. Yeah, I still got the picture on my desktop. <laughs> and uh, one of them, when I saw them was open, was selling motorbikes, like mopeds. Oh. Electric scooters. Slightly I, think I, told you, I think I told you a sex shop as a joke, but I don't know if that translated well. You told me it was a shop that sold specifically blow-up dolls with Donnie Yen's likeness on them. <laughs> Yeah, that that was part of my dream. Uh, that's what I thought they'd be selling, but it turns out they were just selling mopeds. He just endorses mopeds. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, crazy guy. Um, yeah, the weirdest thing was just being in China for three weeks and not speaking with anyone through that time who's native English. Hmm. That was an odd thing. Um, having to limit your vocabulary to not use you no know, big you know to simplify your vocabulary for non-english speakers and that that was quite fun to do yeah i've been learning that uh with trying to talk to japanese people in japanese like using translate for text and well you know my normal like i guess speech patterns don't really translate very well so i find it works really a lot better when you 
simplify your shit like as much as you can. Yeah, like cut down on slang, try and speak quote, quote, proper English. Yeah, not even slang, just like really simple stuff, like no synonyms and like no synonyms and shit. Yeah, yeah. It's like root words. Yeah, because uh, if you can pick out a few words from a sentence, normally you can make out what that sentence is. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're going to have this fun next week when we've got to try and talk to people. Yeah. I think my very bad Japanese. I think I've actually got a date set up for um, Thursday. <laughs> have you? Just going to throw that out there. Yeah. Oh, cool. You've been on Japanese Tinder. I have, yeah. Not with the account that you made. No, I made an account for you and it's not getting much action. Let's put it that way. Is it not getting the matches? <laughs> it's not getting the matches for some reason. Oh, let's stick that picture in the show notes. Fuck. Yeah. That's disgusting. You it's, it's adorable. Me. It's adorable. Yeah, I turned you into like this. <laughs> yeah, there's a few pictures I've got on your profile. One is from the Me Too app, which is a Chinese app, which makes you look beautiful and anime-like. <laughs> and beautiful and subjective. Pretty cool. Your second picture is um, Carl the Hedgehog. Oh, God. Which, if you go to Google Image Search and search for your name, your name, the Hedgehog, you'll find someone has made a Sonic the Hedgehog version of you. This has been a thing between me and you for a good few years because that popped yeah. up in my memories thing a little while back. <laughs> it's just you spamming my Facebook account with pictures of different hedgehogs, like Derek the Hedgehog and shit. <laughs> <laughs> my one's like a fucking Super Saiyan or something. Yeah, your one's like all gold and trendy. It's got big blue glasses yeah. and pierced eyelids and shit. Yeah, your one's pretty punk. <laughs> um, and then the third picture is you wearing the Oculus Rift with googly eyes. Yeah. What have you done to that one? Uh, no, that's just normal. Okay. That's just normal. I actually use that on my real one. <laughs> <laughs> the fourth picture is you doing a salute, holding an, a machine gun of some sort or a rifle. I believe that's a... I don't know what gun that is. It's a gun. It's a gun. And then the, f- the last picture is you I think it's doing some sort of anime anime shout thing where it's all black and white and pixelated. Oh, God. Where did you find that? Your Facebook. Shit. That was one of the... F- how did- I made that in a thing, in like a program that you use to make manga. <laughs> yeah, and that was all I got out of the whole program <laughs> I put my picture in it and then put some filters on top yeah, so let's, let's talk about your uh, Tinder profile so it starts off Konnichiwa Karu Des because you're because Japanese I, people can't can't pronounce Carl so they call you Kardu. Karu Karu that's uh, the kind of translation of Carl I'm coming to Tokyo and would like to make friends I work in the Jimmy Savile Memorial Children's Hospital for terminally sick children as an entertainer. I literally give kids their last laugh. Wow. So my legitimate one. That wasn't my idea to put that in. Well, I mean, I didn't do it. My legitimate one just says, I'll be in Shinjuku, Tokyo between the 1st and 9th of March, looking to meet some cool local people to hang out with. Um, Big nerd. And all the things I like. Uh, I'm not super tall. I don't have tattoos. I'm incapable of growing facial hair. I've got big socks. Um, apparently, Google took big socks as the cue to pop up a search bar. Uh, 
crippling fear of the sea and everything in it and I'm addicted to hot chocolate yeah yeah and last line on your profile that I've got is I look a little bit like Harry Potter you prick <laughs> Japanese people love Harry Potter yeah. apparently apparently also Disney and food and travelling it's quite fun looking at the Tinder profiles and just reading what the interests are and just how many are Disney food travelling and Universal Studios, Harry Potter Land. Here's the thing: I haven't actually done much of any like legwork. I only spent like ten minutes when I first set up the thing, doing a bit of swiping. But since then, <clears throat> it's just been people coming at me, pretty much. Like every now and then, I do a little bit of a swipe, and it's like, oh, this person is, and then they send me a message. So oh, that's pretty cool. Hmm. It's pretty cool. It's quite good to. Uh, the thing about Tinder is I don't like the hookup aspect of it, but I like the idea of possibly using it to make friends or to meet local people. And yeah, that's the way I'm like, going at it. Just have like a good day or night out, you know, just going to a cool place that maybe as a tourist you wouldn't have found, but local people are more aware of. Yeah, that seems like the way to be doing it. Like that's that's how I'm going into it. I think that's yeah. what a lot of the. Japanese people are using it for as well. So, you know, swings and roundabouts. Um, I am desperate to talk about something that you've been teasing me with. So, yes. Resident Evil. Not that, actually, something else. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, we'll do Resi after, yeah? yeah? So, yesterday, when we were talking about when are we going to record and stuff, you told me that you wanted to talk about Zelda versus Dark Souls, specifically Breath of the Wild, I think, versus Dark Souls, and I'm just baffled. <laughs> okay, so the embargo is lifted on the Breath of the Wild previews, so journalists and all people who are previewing it um, can report their findings after playing the first five hours. Yeah. And describe the first five hours of gaming. And so Dark Souls is kind of an adventure game. Am I right? Am I, would you say going through, uh, uh, you know, discovering the world is not that linear in places? You can. Yeah, I, I guess I see what you mean. Like, there's various different paths you can take. I mean, it's nowhere near as open as something like Zelda is, but it, it's kind of linear, but with choices. Yeah, so. Um. Dark Souls, I think, has June got a lot of influence from Zelda for the NES, you know, the first ever Zelda game, where you just Yeah, it does. Yeah. Thrown into this world of very minimal story and you don't know where to go. You know, you've got a few different choices of where to go. In Zelda, I think Dark Souls is a little bit a little bit more linear and controlled at the start. Um, not that I've got past the start. <laughs> it's I am not that good. <laughs> I need to uh practice a bit more. I'm going to help. But, um, that. We're going to get there. Yeah, we're going to get there. I'm going to. It's my goal in 2017 to get past the first boss of Dark Souls. Did you not even get past Gundyr? I didn't even get to Gundyr. Wow. Okay. Cool. Who is Gundyr? Is he? Is he? Is he big? Uh, he's a big man with a giant, like, uh, what do you call that thing? Like a halberd, I guess. Like an axe on the end of a stick. Oh, great. Um, and he has like a second phase that's kind of nasty. I look forward to meeting him. Yeah, I mean he's the he's the training the training wheels boss. He's not that bad. Yeah. Yeah, so um 
yeah, I've just been reading these Wrath of the Wild things, and they just sound very Dark Soulsy, where you you're in a world with very minimal direction. You're just told, you know, the story is there for you to be discovered. It's not spoon fed to you through all these interactions. Um, that was one of the big points I found because normally with Zelda games, the story comes natu- you know, naturally spoon fed to you basically as you. <laughs> Get from point A to B. Gets regurgitated into your throat by a giant fucking owl that changes his options every time. Sorry. And there's no, um, <laughs> there's no, there's no um, <clears throat> companion to you. So you're on your own in this world. So there's no big floating fairy or a talking boat. That looks like a dragon, or anything, like <laughs> or c- crazy Twilight Moon princess thing. Midna follows you around. Midna, that's the that's the one. Yeah, so it, it just sounds very Dark Souls this game, and also a lot of people are saying that you die a lot. And well, I mean, maybe they are. I don't think I will. It's, oh uh, no, I, I've I've seen it. Like you can easily stumble upon an area, and you know that this area is not right for you when you get insta-killed by an enemy or, you know, an enemy does six heart damage just off the bat. You know, you're not leveled enough for that, or not, not, you're not leveled. You haven't got the right armor or you haven't got the right weapons to take on that area or you haven't got enough skill to take on that area. So I think it's got some more influence from Dark Souls, probably not directly, but more indirectly from taking inspiration from the first ever Zelda game. Because hmm. um, that's, that's something that Nintendo said for a while, is that they're taking a lot of inspiration from the first ever game and how they can apply that in an open world game in 2017 and haven't seen as dark souls taking a lot of inspiration from games of that era. Uh, it seems like natural to make that kind of comparison in some places. Yeah, I think I'd agree. I think, uh, yeah, these seem like solid points that you're making. But yeah, like the, so I'm not crazy. <laughs> no, like in, I mean, I'm, I'm probably more capable of speaking to dark souls than I am to Zelda. I've played played a lot of Zelda games, but I've literally spent the last month and a half playing nothing but Dark Souls. Um, And a lot of it before that as well. Um, Yeah, you're right. Like, you're not spoon fed story. You have to go looking for it. Um, It's generally in item descriptions, which can get a bit tedious. But if you're into it, like I am, it's actually pretty rewarding when you find a thing and it fills in a little bit of story that you were missing. Um, yeah. Your weapons have durability in Dark Souls three, or one, or two, or what? Because they're all different. Oh. In two, they were dependent on frame rate, and it sucked. <laughs> in one, oh yeah, that's right. I remember that. In one, they do, but you don't really have to worry about it that much unless they get hit by like acid or something. Then they'll deteriorate a lot quicker. In f- oh yeah, in three they do as well. But again, you shouldn't have to worry about it that much. Yes, that's the thing with Zelda. Like you don't, from what I gather, you don't. Normally in Zelda game, your first job is to find the sword, and then that sword does you until you find the next sword. But in this Zelda game, it drops. You don't. It? Yeah, you have to rely on like wooden sticks that drop, and then they break after a while. And then I feel like it's getting a bit more of a a um like a. It's taken a bit more from Far Cry's book, I think. Hmm. If 
like that was the first thing I said when the, there was that big reveal trailer early on. I was like, it's Zelda Far Cry Edition. Like, it does kind of feel like that. There's a lot of like collecting animal pelts to make a thing to like get into a different place and stuff. And it's yeah, apparently crafting is a big part of it, which yes, yeah, then brings on RNG. You know, whether you got a good craft, I'm guessing. Yeah, I mean, I'm. I don't want to sound negative about it. It's like if you said to me last year, like, what are the components that are going to make up a Zelda game that you really want to play right now? Crafting, I don't think, would have been in there. But, you know, I'll play it. And uh... No, a lot of people haven't said bad things about it, about the crafting aspect, which I thought they would. But they said crafting becomes like second nature and it becomes part of the core experience and you're looking forward to trying out i think because you're, you're not given weapons mm-hmm. and you have to make them you are more inclined to enjoy that aspect of the game of hunting and gathering like hunting and gathering is done naturally through the game so it's not like you're it's one of those things that i don't particularly yeah. enjoy in games like i don't want to be doing a ton of inventory management and like you know no i'd rather just especially with a zelda game i'd like to be out there exploring the world beating dungeons and you know no, I'd like to see what Nintendo's twist on on this is because they're not just you know copying copy pasting Minecraft's UI or management style for this, for example. Uh, I think Skyward Sword had it, so it would be probably quite similar. I've never played Skyward Sword. Lucky it's one you. game I've never played. Lucky, lucky you. <laughs> I keep watching. Yeah, I've, I'd like to. Once you get past the fifteen minutes of how actually impressive the uh tracking was with Wii Remote Plus once you get bored of that after 15 minutes uh, it's not a good it's not a good game <laughs> it's not very that's, good that's the problem it's gonna be one of them games that are really hard to recreate be- just because it relies so much on the controls of the, of the Wii mm. no other console apart from the Wii U has access to that so the Switch possibly could with the Joy-Cons maybe I would imagine so. Like I, I really liked Twilight Princess. Right, it's one of my favourite Zelda games. Mm. Mostly just because like the tone was a bit darker, and I was ready for that at the age I was when I played it. It was more of a Ocarina of Time sequel compared to what the Wind Waker was. You know, it was re- very refreshing to go back to that. Yeah, it was like Ocarina of Time. Like, so I played Ocarina of Time basically when it came out, and then at the age I was when Twilight Princess came out it felt like how Zelda should have progressed in that time between Mm. my age then and now. Um, Like it was a bit more, I want to say grown up because it's, you know, it's still a fucking Zelda game at the end of the day. But it was a bit, you know, there was a bit more like actual death and stuff. Like people weren't just evaporating, they were dying and the world was cloaked in twilight for fuck's sake. Like thematically it was pretty dark. Um, And then Skyward Sword. Sky pigeons, no, like oh, I don't know, but yeah, but I guess that's cleared that up. Then Dark Souls versus Zelda, I see what you're saying. That makes a ton of sense. Yeah, well, hopefully next week, if I'm lucky to find a Nintendo Switch in Japan, I will be instantly throwing my. Donnie Yen's at it. <laughs> Until, uh, Why haven't we been calling it Donnie Yen's? <laughs> <laughs> I 
Yeah, I'll be throwing all my Donny Yens at the cashier until they give me a Nintendo Switch. Fantastic. Uh, yeah, you know, shut up and take my rupees. Switchy old Kudasai. Yeah, Nintendo Switch old Kudasai. Um, I don't know what shut up and take my money is in in Japanese, but they'll, they'll work out when I start throwing yens at them. I think it's that thing from Spirited Away. You just kind of put some <laughs> zennies in your hand. Ah, ah, and like hold them out. Ah, <laughs> ah. Oh, shit. Drop my pen. <laughs> Yeah, um, so hopefully I'll have an Nintendo Switch and then I'll... I really want the Japanese language version of Zelda for the voiceovers. I... yeah, I... But with English subtitles, obviously, because I can't understand oh, yeah. too much yeah. Japanese. I'm just... I'm not sure. Like, going from not having any voice lines other than like... Oh, hey. <laughs> like into like full fledged speaking, I don't know where, uh, whether I'd want the Japanese or the English, or whether I'd really care that much. Mm. That's that's what I like about Japanese voice acting because you don't understand much Japanese as a whole. If it's bad voice acting, you don't really notice as much. I think the reason I prefer the like the Japanese when I'm watching anime or something like that is that. Dubs are generally done pretty fucking sloppy. Mm. Like the exceptions being Ghibli films because their dubs are incredible. Um, fucking, they had like Howl's Moving Castle has got a ridiculous cast. It's, got, it's, all, it's all Disney. It's, got, it's all Disney to think. Yeah, it's got Christian Bale in it. Um, Ponyo's got uh, Liam Neeson. <laughs> Serious, he's the sea wizard. Yeah, I know. Um, and they they do a really good job, obviously, because they're like proper actors. Uh, I don't know if Nintendo would go that far with dubbing a Zelda game. It sounds okay to me. I keep watching the trailer from the Nintendo Switch announcement from last month. Mm. Yeah, I remember. And, and the new theme just gives me chills every time I listen to it when it kicks in. Yeah, um, it has like the I've got a little, motif, but it's all yeah. nice. It's they've changed it. It sounds very, even more heroic than what it did before. I'll, I'll just play the section of it and the build up to it now. Let's have a look. Nice. Here, here's a clip I prepared earlier. Everything I've done up until now, it was all for nothing. <laughs> sounds fucking epic. My daughter. How good is that? Yeah, I can't wait to get the soundtrack. I want the soundtrack. Do you have the twenty uh, fifth anniversary? Uh, <laughs> yes, I do. Red Dust birthday in it. Anniversary. Talking of Fred Durst, on eBay, someone was trying to sell a Dreamcast signed by Fred Durst. Steel box, mint condition, a thousand dollars, and no one bought it. I'm not surprised. It's Fred fucking Dust. <laughs> Did you ever see that thing? I, I might have actually said this on the show before. There was, you know, that that sort of phenomenon of the internet voting on names for things, 
and doing a pretty bad job. Um, something awful forum managed to. Uh, well, the competition was to name some. Uh, it was like a, a waste recycling plant somewhere in America, and they managed to rig the vote so that the, the top vote was the Fred Durst Center for the Humanities and Arts. <laughs> <laughs> It was 4chan, wasn't it? No, it was something awful. Oh, something awful. 4chan light. Yeah, no, I've got the 25th anniversary soundtrack. Oh, it's so good. So, and I've got the Twilight Princess HD soundtrack, which is still in its polythene case because uh, I don't have a CD player to play it in. So Ballad of the Goddess from Skyward Sword is the only good thing about a Skyward Sword. <laughs> Just that piece of yeah, music. Yeah, and no, I can agree with you. That's a really good piece of music. Okay, are you ready with that soundbite that you came in with a bit earlier? Because uh, I'm ready to talk about Resi now. Let's do it. Resident Evil 2. Seven. Oh. <laughs> Seven. When I think of that soundbite, I always think of Resident Evil 2. But it never is. Resident Evil Nine. I, I nearly got the Resident Evil DS one just to trigger you. Oh, Dark Shadows, so or Deadly Shadows. Bad. Actually, I can tell you because I made a collated list of all the good Resident Evil games and all the bad Resident Evil games <laughs> when Seven came out. If I just search my Gmail for Resident Evil, this should work. <laughs> Yeah, you listed every single one and basically split into the, what the main series were and then the spin-offs apart from 4, 5 and 6 which were in the bad section. They were in the bad section. Oh, that's my pen pal. I didn't send it to him. So what's your favourite Resident Evil game? Uh, 7 is a strong contender but it's not 7. I think it's... I think it's not uh, like technically the actual best. I don't think anyone else would agree with me, but my favourite is Nemesis. Just because I nice. think I had that for the longest time and played it quite a lot. But, um, it had to be the one that I've never played. I've got this list now. Um, I'm not going to go through the whole fucking thing, but there's a lot of shit in it. Uh, games that are good Resident Evil games. Zero and its remake. One and its remake. Two, three, Code Veronica, and seven. <laughs> uh, and so that is um, one, two, three, four, five. That's six titles. Games that are maybe good Resident Evil games. Resident Evil 2 remake, because it's not out yet and we don't know. Games that are bad Resident Evil games. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, seventeen. Seventeen. There are seven. I didn't realize when you sent me that list. I didn't realize there were so many Resident Evil games. So oh, many of them are Resident shit. Evil games and spin-offs. The worst part is so, I've been caught out by so many of them. I see any Resident Evil game coming, I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna play that, and I play it, and it's just like AIDS in my eyes. So, what was your first experience with a Resident Evil game? Resi One. Resi One. Um, there was a boy in my street called JJ. And his parents were a bit loosey goosey with the rules, and they got yeah. Because we were young when that came. Well, you're a bit younger than me, so mm. 
they got in Resident I, Evil 1 and we scared ourselves shitless with it. It was fantastic. Uh, and then I think, because I had N64, um, and then later traded it in for a PS1. So mm-hmm. when I got my own PS1, again, like, checking ages for video games back then wasn't really that much of a thing. So I walked into Asda's and bought Resident Evil 1 for my PS1. <laughs> See, I tried to walk into Walrus and I tried to buy Theme Hospital for the PS1. And they wouldn't let me buy it because it was a 12. Oh, shit. I think. I think it was a 12. Man, Woolworths. And I was great. And I was older than 12, but I couldn't obviously prove it because what what teenager carries ID around who's under 18? Did you do that thing when you got your national insurance card through the post of trying to use it as ID? Because <laughs> I did. <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh, shit. But yeah. Um, I, try, I tried to buy a fake driving license from the internet. Oh, I got one of those. But it was like £20 and I had no way of actually buying something from the internet at that time. Because <laughs> obviously I was too young to have a debit or credit card or whatever. And my parents were at that stage where it's like, I'm not going to give you money to put things on the internet. Oh, so before we get into seven, I think I'm just going to throw out my reasoning here. Just as a, a- No, I want to I talk about my first experience with Resident Evil. Oh yeah, go on, go on. What was your first? <clears throat> So um, I had a Super Nintendo at the time and my cousin, who's a lot older than me, he's like 15 years older than me, um, he always had the latest consoles and I used to get his hand-me-down console. So I had his old SNES and he had a PlayStation and I went round his house one day and he had Resident Evil, director's cut. Yeah. And he said, let's play this because he just wanted to freak out me, I guess. And it was just so much fun. Like I'd never seen a game like that before in my life my whole experience with the playstation was crash bandicoot because i used to play that at the kiosks in argos <laughs> i think it came with it as well yeah i just used to play that first level over and over again so then my second experience with the playstation was him showing me the demo disc with the dinosaur or the stingray mm. and then some skateboarding game where you skate downhill like a racing game i feel like bodyboarding maybe you, you like lying down on a skateboard going down a big hill I can't remember Sorry. and then his other game he had was um, Resident Evil and it was so actually I can't remember if it was director's cut or not. it probably wasn't I don't that's remember it what not being director's cut that's the thing or was it yeah I can't remember it was a long time ago but um, yeah just playing through it and it had like videos with real actors that you've never seen before in a video game before at that time or I'd never and the graphics are really good and it had this atmosphere you know you walk up to a door and later I found out these doors were loading screens in disguise the loading screen was literally a door creaking open yeah that transitions you between rooms and that was such a cool way to hide a loading screen behind a door that just opens and you slowly step through it it is good um you can tell the most obvious console to to realise that those are loading screens on is the Dreamcast. Because oh. when you play Resi 2 on the Dreamcast and hit a door, it starts going... My favourite is uh, Skies of Arcadia, the RPG. You can tell when uh, there's an encounter coming because the disc just, starts going mental. Yeah, it starts like scratching like a, a DJ. Like you're just walking along and then you know that a random battle is going to happen. Where 
I think Resident Evil, no, not Resident Evil, uh, Final Fantasy VII used to scare me by just randomly popping up an encounter. Mm. Like you'd be walking along and it just like pop up and like you wouldn't expect it. Just um, where Scarlet Arcade just oh yeah, the disc is spinning. It's gonna be encountered in like ten seconds. Yeah, but no, Resident Evil. I played it and I couldn't really get far in it. The controls were really clunky at the time. Even at the time, like coming from a SNES to playing this. 3D game with a D-pad and you can only move left, right and forward. That's interesting to me because I actually, when I like, owned it and first got my hands on it, I actually, I don't think I had any problem with the controls. Like, when I play the remake now, I have more trouble playing on the new controls than I do on the tank controls. I think the problems were basically I wasn't used to moving around in 3D space hmm. at that time. In, with a, with a D pad especially, and and then um, obviously I was I was very young and it was okay just moving around. And when you see a zombie, you're under pressure to think, oh, I've got to press this button to, to draw my weapon, this button to move, this button to fire the weapon. It was very unintuitive controls for a kid at that time. But um, yeah, I didn't get far in it at all. And then my next experience was renting it from Apollo Games which Apollo. is kind of blockbusters. Apollo yeah kind of like blockbusters did you ever do that life hack where you rent a game and then take it back and say it didn't work so you get another one <laughs> <laughs> no I didn't know that but I tried to do this hack because I bought I said oh can I have Resident Evil 2 and they didn't do the ID check so I just got it uh, no I remember I got Resident Evil 2 and Parappa the Rapper nice this is when I owned a Playstation um, a few years later um so I was just playing Parappa like a cool kid, stepping on the brakes, hitting the gas. And then I opened up the Resident Evil 2 and there was two discs in there. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, what an idiot. They've just given me two discs. Um, so I kept one <laughs> and I just took back the other one when I returned it. And um, they they find my mum's credit card, who obviously she's up the, the account. <laughs> For not returning the game fully or something like that. So <laughs> it's just like a little drop box that you put them in. Um, who did you get to keep? Um, Chris. Nice. No, not Chris. Uh, Leon. Leon. Yeah, I was going to say Leon and Leon and Claire, isn't it? Leon and Claire. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I played as Leon because I was young and playing as a policeman was a lot cooler than some girl that I didn't really know who seemed a bit damselly in the cutscenes i guess sure it's not straight white male privilege it was a lot to do with that i was i was like 10 at the time so yeah that's what i thought <laughs> but um no i could relate a lot i'm a lot more to chris any I, I really like not chris leon i quite like him as a character in that original game he's like i like his story where he's just coming into this town he's a policeman and this is like his first down the job and he's just coming to this new town start this new job and then that the whole world was turned upside down. It's like, what the hell am I going to do? And then, yeah. So uh, someone who didn't play the first one, I didn't actually complete the first one until like a few years ago. So I didn't actually know the full story behind it and Chris and Jill and all that kind of thing. Yeah. So, and, um, yeah, I think, so we're going to have to get onto seven at some point, but I think, I think the reason why people are liking seven so much uh, and and also particularly why it works so well is that mm -hmm. it's essentially one again. Like 
if you take one compared to like two, three, Code Veronica and zero, which are, again are the good ones. Four isn't good. I don't want to hear about it. Four isn't good. It's shit. Um, so one was the only one out of those that was like in an enclosed place, right? Like you're in a mansion and then you move to some caves and then you move to a laboratory, 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 lab. You go to a lab. Um, Labrador. Yeah, but these are all like enclosed. Resident Evil. Seven, two. I didn't mean to click that. Okay. Um, the the rest of them are kind of like Resi Two. Mostly works like outside. Nemesis is the same. It's mostly like streets and stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. Zero is a train for a bit, and then it goes crazy. Um, Code Veronica is just odd, but it's also good. Like, and then you get to seven, all the way, you know, fifteen years later or whatever, and it's again we're back in a house or. I don't want to spoil it for you, but a couple of houses. Just like different buildings of the same house, pretty much. Um, yeah. You're in an enclosed space. The puzzles are back, uh, which I love, because I loved the puzzle-solving element of the old Resi games, like the old formula. Um, <laughs> I mean, that was it, wasn't it? It was what made Resi 1 work was uh, a decent atmosphere, good puzzles, shonky camera angles... <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can't bring that back because it's first person now but um well, I've only ever played three Resident Evil games and that's I've only ever completed three that's one two and Code Veronica nice and from what I gather Code Veronica was the last good Resident Evil um I bought five for the Xbox 360 and then I got past first level and I thought it's just a bit trashy it's just Hordes of zombies. It's like not Resident Evil, not what it's uh, the game was. Post Resident Evil movie, Resident Evil. <laughs> yeah, but it is. Yeah, it's it, yeah. No, it's completely more like an action film than survival horror. It's, it's so I just completely gave up on that and didn't give six a look in, and then seven's come out, and you were very excited with it, so that got me excited. Yeah, I mean, I played the the, uh, the demo, um, which I. We were talking about this earlier. The demo actually kind of fucked up the game for me a bit. Because <laughs> the demo is set like in this house. It's like a very enclosed house and you go in, do some puzzles. And um, I mean, the demo has gone. You can't really play it anymore. You get killed at the end. Like you can't. Oh, you can escape, I think. You can escape or you can get killed. Um, but so I started playing like the full release game and it's the same house. Right, so I go in and start doing the same stuff, and it's working, and then it's not working anymore. It's a bit different now, <laughs> and suddenly I've not got a hand anymore, and shit's getting real. But, uh, I'm having problems putting my finger on what makes Seven so good. Like I can say it's atmosphere, I can say it's you know returns like the roots or whatever. I think it's more than that. I don't know. It's um, I think big elephant in the room is they've taken a lot of inspiration or well, this game wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Hideo Kojima and mm-hmm. the playable teaser of Silent Hill my boy playable trailer this teaser playable trailer? I think it was teaser playable teaser yeah I think it was teaser it doesn't really matter PT it's not it's not around anymore but that was basically just this one L-shaped hallway that repeats non-stop did you ever actually play it no no I've purchased it on the, I've never had a PS4. 
<laughs> so I couldn't play it. But I've purchased it on my account. So I technically own it. And there's some sort of hack you can do to make this external hard drive or server maybe think that it's that like it's legit. The download server. Yeah. Yeah. Cause basically they've removed the download. So even if you've purchased it, not purchased, but purchased it as free, you can't download it because they've taken it off the Sony servers. But there's a way to do it where if you've purchased it, you can point some settings to another server and it will download a copy of it. Cool. But it will authenticate that you've purchased it with Sony. So it's kind of like a hacky way of getting it. So there's a possibility I can get it if I ever got a PS4. But no, I've never played it, but I've watched some playthroughs of it. A few different playthroughs because there's a lot of different outcomes that happen. And it's it had me tense just watching it. So I, I watched it and then I played it and... Having watched it and knowing exactly what was coming, it still scared the shit out of me. Yeah. And like Resi 7 does the same thing. Some of the jump scares are pretty fucking telegraphed, but they still give me the jump. Like, and I don't want to, not- I don't want to focus on jump scares because it's not all jump scares. Like a lot of it is atmosphere and tension. And like, there, there have been points where I straight up, just haven't I've like refused to go into a room because I think there's going to be something <laughs> shitty in there and so like, I go away and have a cigarette and 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 like come back in a bit and go in the room and it's a save room it's like <laughs> fantastic oh save rooms yeah they're back I love that I love that a lot yeah a little safe space where you can save the game <laughs> hashtag save space <laughs> save space I like how like, you used to have to use a typewriter and ink ribbons, but now you've got this dictaphone. Yeah, so maybe in like the year 2030, they'll be doing it on mini-disc or something. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I like how you can just save as many times as you want. It's not... Um, oh, when you, you unlock be- hard mode, you have to use tapes. Oh, that makes sense. Mm. That makes sense. I'm playing on normal at the moment. Yeah, you're not allowed to use hard mode until you finished it. Which is a no, point, I'm going to t- use that as a point to take away from it, because I don't like that. I'd rather play it on hard from the beginning. Hmm. Yeah, that is, that is kind of a bit bad. It should have that unlocked. But um, yeah, that's, that's what I do miss, because you had the whole part of the horror theme of it is deciding when you should save. Yeah. And having like a limited amount of save space on how many typewriter ink ribbons you can collect i think that's a way to combat um if you had the ink ribbon system in this game i think it would be very unfair considering and again i don't want to ruin stuff because i know you're not as far as i am but it would be very unfair considering how many instant kills there are like how many ways there are to just instantly die and and lose progress and it's not even it's things that you can't escape from so um, in a way, it's good that they've kind of got this traditional game set up where there's a save room and maybe you'll be able to open up a shortcut before you go to like a boss fight so that you can go from like, oh, this is going to be a boss room, so I'm going to go back and save and then use the shortcut to get back there quickly. Like, I think that's fine in the in the context. And even with okay. all these like sort of gamey or like modern gamey mechanics that they've got in there, you know, crafting and... um shit like that like the horror still manages to shine through and so I'm gonna I'm gonna put my hands down on my desk like this and I'm gonna say 
PT doesn't count because it's not a full game and you can't play it now legitimately and I say this is the best horror game of the last fucking like decade this is the best survival horror game since uh, like Silent Hill 2 yeah I uh, I'm about an hour into it possibly and it does a really good job of being creepy. Yeah. Like just the, the sound, like I've been playing with headphones on and the, the atmospheric sounds. Um, before I got into the, well, I guess we can talk about the first hour maybe, because um, that's not really, that's spoilery. I quite like to get an idea of where you're, are you like in the main house with the people? I've literally just got a gun. Okay, cool. I know where you're at. I'm at the attic. Yes. Yes. So um, just walking to the, walking to the house, because you walk through this like, woods out around the house grounds, start off with, you see this guy just walking. Mm. Did, did, you, did you notice him? Yeah. Uh, his name is Jack, I think. Okay. Yeah, you see him walking, and then like you just walk around the corner, and he's not there anymore, and it... It just makes you like jump when you first saw him because he's up like slowly moving, quite big, burly, or whatever. And then you go into the house. I oh know outside the house there was this like swing bench. <laughs> so, so I walked into it just to check it because I always mess around with these physics things in games. And sure enough, it had this really creepy, rusty sound when it swung back and forth. Yeah, they've been very. Um, they've done a very, very good job of like. Not just atmosphere, but like aesthetically, like the way everything looks. It's not. I think there are parts of it that are over the top. Like there's parts of it like something out of Saw, for example. Yeah, like you've you've been through that little kitchen with like the pot on the side, right? And it's all full of bugs and stuff. Yeah, and there's like a microwave with a blackbird in it. Yeah, I mean the blackbird, I don't mind so much, but like on the table, there's just random random kind of meaty goop and that that kind of feels a bit over the top to me like maybe that doesn't particularly need to be there it seems like the house is pretty fucking creepy as is just like dirty moldy bowls would be enough like less is more in that kind of case yeah it's that kind of like instinctual fear isn't it it's that kind of it's like you we look at moldy food or whatever and that makes us feel a bit shitty because we know that's going to make us feel bad like if we eat it or whatever. I think representing that in a video game kind of works, but that kind of formless, like I can't even tell what it is. This is like a, a shiny grey mass. Mm. And they use that quite a bit, actually. Um, but, you know, it's not enough to, to pull you out of the out of the horror as such. Like, it's, it's good shit still. Yeah, so one thing I noticed, it's all first person. As soon as you get into the house... It's just you and your torchlight. Mm-hmm. And so you only see this like radial field of view, this like circular field of view rather than seeing the whole square, you know, rectangle of your screen, which is, I think it's a really good idea because everything's very dark, shadowy, and it takes a while for things to focus with depth of field effects and it takes a while for things to light up properly as you're moving around. It does a really good job of, putting you on edge and like 
not sure what you're looking at and stuff like that. Yeah, with with things like that, you really have to have like a fucking solid lighting system as well, and they really do. Like, I'm pretty sure they're using volumetric lighting in this, and it works a treat. Like the shadow play is fantastic, and even just like uh, mist or smoke in the air can play little shadows on the wall that look pretty fucking weird and creepy. Oh man, I I haven't finished this yet. I do need to finish it. Um, You've not finished Resident Evil 7? No, I'm quite far through. Okay. I do need to fit. Um, something happened and I stopped playing. I can't remember what. I think maybe it yeah, crashed my- or something. Uh, so my Steam account if you need it. Yeah, oh, cool. Um, I mean, I've got it. Any- I actually ended up buying it, I think. No, did you? I can't remember. Probably. If I haven't, I will. Um, oh. Yeah, I'm going to play that now. I need something to take my mind off waiting for Japan. <coughs> Probably going to be Resi 7 or Dark Souls. Oh, or Berserk. Or Tom Clancy's Ghost Recon. Oh, yeah. we I um, played that this morning for about Any good? 20 minutes. I drove a car off a cliff and then quit out. Like I was <laughs> just seeing if I could actually run it on my aged system. So Resident Evil... Um it's it gets this point where you are in the basement of this house like near the start and you're exploring the basement because basically you try and look for your this girl your girlfriend i'm assuming who sent you a message is that the basement uh through the fireplace thing y- yeah yeah so i'll throw exactly. i'll throw this out um if in the demo you couldn't go down there it was weird. Like in the demo, you could if you'd done the videotape with like the property guys. Mm-hmm. So in the, in the tape, like because you you play videotapes and like you literally put a tape in a machine and then you sort of play it rather than watch it. Um, I'm not explaining to you, Dean. Explaining to the listeners. <laughs> uh, yeah. So in the videotape, like you go through the, the secret fireplace or whatever, and down the ladder, and that's like an instant kill because that's just what happened to those people or whatever. Uh, but in the demo, you can't actually go down there. Like, when you're oh. playing as the main character or whatever, you can not You can go in there and get something, but you can't go down the ladder and keep playing. So when I started playing the main game, it actually took me a while to go down there and look around, because I just assumed that I couldn't go down there. <laughs> it's another way that demo fucked me up. Demo man, fucking demo. I'm like, a... yeah. Even though it was tried not to be spoilery, it kind of like ruined the setting of the house and the layout of the basic start of the house. Almost everything but, um, is different. Like even item placement is different. It's weird. Yes. So the thing that struck me about this game is when I met Mia, who's the girl you're trying to find. Um, you meet her pretty much straight away very early into the game and she's not in, in other Resident Evil games it's more like binary zombies you know you're a zombie or you're not but she's kind of like she's possessed she reminds me of something out of I don't know if you've ever seen uh, Insidious or The Conjuring that kind of thing um, I haven't but I I know why she is like that I'm probably not going to talk about it but you can 
No, there's probably there's probably a reason why she's like that within a story, but that's what surprised me. I was expecting this this game to be about traditional zombies, you know, people who have had experience one. But she kind of it's kind of like having an internal battle with herself not to become this other person, and she often loses in battles and then stabs you in the hand with a knife. <laughs> Yeah, chop, chop, chops your arm off with a chainsaw, which is lovely. Um, this was in the first like forty minutes of the game, forty-five minutes of the game. So, trying to, I don't really know much about the game to go into deep, deep spoilers. So, I always feel that. like people can talk about stuff up, up to the Steam refund limit. <laughs> <laughs> Anything after that, they probably shouldn't reveal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah. Uh, and I've been using. Uh, I mean, I, I like how you kill her, not far into it, because she turns on you and then you stab her, kill her with an axe, chop her, and obviously she's just lying on the floor. You leave that room to go answer a telephone, then you go back into the room and her body's gone, <gasps> with like a blood trail heading the way that obviously you've got to go to progress the game. So uh, it's it's just so cool how they how they haven't put zombies in how they've got these kind of possessed internal battle people and when she's possessed she's got this like crazy super strength as well where she like throw you through the wall stuff like that it's pretty crazy yeah um mia is i'm gonna say it's her as such i think it's her whole her setup is maybe one of my least favorite things about resi 7 because the basic premise of the story is so fucking wishy-washy and also straight up lifted from silent hill 2 um like oh your girlfriend from three years ago whatever disappeared like probably ghosted you and left with some other man or something but then you get a letter from her three years later that's like come out to this creepy swamp house and find me like no fuck off (laughs) i mean would you I would have like I wouldn't even have gone into that house. It's like they they make a point of saying girlfriend, not wife. So that's out of the question. And like girlfriend that you haven't seen in three years, who you assume just like fucked off and left you, sent you a letter that says like please don't come and find me or whatever. But I'm at this place. <laughs> I'd be like yeah okay on your own. Like oh. <laughs> I never played Silent Hill too, so. Uh... Silent Hill 2, the dude gets a letter from his wife that's been missing for yonks, and she's like, I'm in Silent Hill. And he's like, where's Silent Hill? Because it doesn't exist. And he goes there looking for her. He finds it eventually. Yeah, I should have really tried them games. I've never played them. But, um, Silent Hill 2 is yeah. radical. Yeah, Resident Evil 7, really enjoying. And have I told you what my coping mechanism is for scary games? No, but let's share, because I've got one as well. <laughs> Okay, um, on YouTube, I play this song in the background, and it's the fa- it's the famous '90s song, the Macarena. Oh, Dane! It's it's uh, a friend told me to do this, and it works when I used to play a scary, hor- not a scary horror game. Like, you know, do you remember Slenderman? Slenderman. Yeah, I do. I don't find it scary. I didn't find it. It's my first time ever playing, and it was kind of built off as be scary. So my f- friend said to play a uh, 
the Macarena in the background and it completely removed all the horror aspects from it or whatever horror aspect there was. So there's a 10 hour remix of the Macarena <laughs> on YouTube. So one chick gets scary. Uh, I put that on and that helps me deal with, with uh, Mia. That's a pretty solid coping mechanism. <laughs> <laughs> I think it speaks volumes to Resi Sevens, like how they've actually pulled off like the fear and the atmosphere in that I haven't done this in such a long time. I've had to start doing it again for this game. Um, my whole thing with scary games is that I just talk to myself the whole time. I'm like <laughs> self narrating what's happening. I'm like, I'm, I'll be going through like, I'll be, oh, there's going to be a thing around this corner and I'm saying it out loud. <laughs> there's gonna be oh there, there was a monster right there was it was right around the corner I knew it I knew it was gonna be <laughs> something to be coming I'm like why are you coming stop coming for me oh and you just die please die <laughs> it's so silly see I've just um I quit the game when I've just got the gun mm. and I'm dying to know how he's gonna reload the gun with his little stump. Oh. Or his little bleeding stump rather than uh, um, having a hand. Have you not seen the promo images where he's just got like a gun stuffed in his stump? No. Yeah. No, that's a joke. That's not true. Oh. <laughs> he just jams a gun into his stump. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I've got this like, little bleeding stump that's bleeding out and a gun in one hand. How am I going to reload it? I guess you'll have to wait and see, won't you? quickly and efficiently when I need to. That's also another thing that I don't like about this game, actually, is the, the resolution of the severed hand, but you're going to get to that, so... Yeah. It's... Uh, it's, it's, you know, it's not... I'm not going to sit here and say it's 10 out of 10, it's perfect. There's definitely things I don't like about it, and I don't think these are me being picky either. I think it's just... It might be where I've built it up for myself so much, right? It's like, oh, finally, there's another fucking good Resident Evil game because there hasn't been one since Zero came out on the Wii. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess if you count the remakes. Um, and then, you know, I think when something pops up that wasn't quite up to expectations, you think like, oh, that's a shame. But as I say, I've not finished it yet, but uh, I think I'm probably somewhere around the range of 75% through. And as it stands, I'm at like... 8 out of 10 territory 80% easy um, with a good ending it could push it really good mm. well worth the money and there's um, some DLC as well yeah free DLC right I think um, I think some of it is I'm not, sh I'm not sure there's banned footage volume 1 mm -hmm. which includes two scenarios called Nightmare and Bedroom I think they're both videotapes that you yeah. get somewhere and play. And a new game mode titled Ethan Must Die. Yeah, I've been actually trying not to find out about that one because it's one that I think I'll be interested in playing. It sounds quite interesting. <laughs> mm -hmm. I don't know much about it, but the name Ethan Must Die, Ethan's the main protagonist, so who you play. So I'm not sure why you must die, but hey... And then Band Footage Volume 2 has two more scenarios and a new game mode called Jack's 55th Birthday. Hmm. Oh, actually, I think I know what Ethan Must Die is. 
it's I think it's like a very cordoned off part of the house with I think like the items are randomized every time or something. Um, oh, okay. I'm pretty sure there's no saves and I think there's only like one gun or some shit. I can't remember. Um but it's one of those where I like that they're doing stuff like this with it. Because like mm. I played Resident Evil one a few weeks ago with my buddy. We got on voice chat and both played it at the same time. Um, <laughs> we do that. It's pretty cool. Did you both play as the same character? Yeah, like, he wasn't, like, I know Dark Souls. Uh, I was going to say, because we did Dark Souls as well. Um, I know Resi won at the back of my fucking hand at this point. We both did uh, uh, Jill's story. It's got to be Jill. It's got to be Jill purely for the Jill sandwich. They took it out in the remake. Yeah, I know. Oh, did you play the remake? Mm. The new one, just because oh. it's shinier and new. Yeah. Know. They took out the Jill sandwich. Yeah, I know that kind of pissed me off. For some reason, I had it in my head that they switched it to a Jill panini, but that's not <laughs> that's not true. They just don't make any mention of crushing Jill to death. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, like I played Resi 1 a few weeks back and, you know, it hasn't changed. It's the same as it was day one when it came out, there's no new puzzles, there's no new content or anything. But with this one, there's, aside from adding extra scenarios or whatever, they're also adding different game modes and stuff, which I think is pretty fucking interesting. Yeah, yeah. And a new story chapter called Not a Hero, where players control Chris Redfield, will come out in March for free. Oh, are you joking? Nope. Oh, you sound disappointed. I am disappointed. Do you not like Chris? <sighs> I used to like Chris. <laughs> what what turned you against him? Was it Resident Evil 6? 5, or? any of them, except for 2. Uh, no, that was Leon. Um, um, or any of them except for 1 then, I guess. Yeah. When he became Action Man. Mm. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what it's like. But um, I think yeah, if they do like if they're doing this, I assume it's going to be more of the same. But it's like you know, maybe he comes in with a fucking. He's a bit more prepared. He's got a couple of guns on him and stuff. But I would assume. So, do you think that with the Resident Evil movies series apparently come to an end, the Mila Jovovich series. Jovovich? They're going to... Mila Jovovich? Jovovich? Hmm. Johansson? Yeah. Do you think that... I think that's going to be the last Resident Evil film in that series? Do you think they're going to reboot the series Uh, as an 18-rated horror series? They did a while back. But they're all CGI, and they're actually pretty good. Really? Yeah, they make these seeds. You know, like uh, there was that Final Fantasy film, Spirits Within, kind of in the same vein as that, but Resident Evil films. Um, there was one called Degeneration that was fucking radical. You should definitely watch yeah. that one. There was another one recently, I think. Um, honestly, I don't think it works, live action. I don't think... Um, I think the first Resident Evil movie with Melia Zhivajvaj... Um, is probably about as close as you're going to get. And that wasn't very good. 
No, I remember watching, I bought a pirate copy on a VCD. Do you remember VCD? Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's like less, less than DVD quality. It was like, I don't know, 24p maybe. So you used to get off the Chinese man in the pub. <laughs> yeah, no, it was just some guy, I think it was a Chinese guy with a store. Yeah. I forget his name, but I used to get like a lot of films from him back when I was young and they used to be 90% terrible yeah. quality. But, um, yeah, no, that, that film wasn't too, wasn't too bad. But it wasn't good. It was like for the time, and like it was, it was just exciting to see Resident Evil on on the big screen. But yeah, it wasn't what it should have been. I think it hit a lot of the, it, it hit a lot of the beats that I think people wanted from it. Like it had liquors. And it had, you know, normal zombs and it had hunters, but then it also had people getting chopped to death by like gray laser grids and, um, a creepy little girl AI or something. I can't quite remember. Yeah. Alice, I think. Alice. Um, yeah. The thing that got me was she started off in a mansion, you know, a big giant creepy mansion. Mm. And within like the first 10 minutes, she was huddled with this Navy SEALs team into this underground base, into this like bright, shiny science place rather than having like creepy times in a mansion. And that mansion was kind of like a cover up for this underground science space. So it kind of like bugged me. It should have had more time to explore the creepiness of this haunted mansion. That's the thing is that I don't, this is what I'm saying with like the way I don't think Resi translates to like live action films is that, I don't think you can plop some people in this mansion and, you know, get somehow get through the uncanny valley and try and get people to invest in this story where people are in this mansion that's full of crazy shit happening and they don't just go, well, I'm an adult, I'm leaving. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly what the fuck I would do. <laughs> yeah, it's hard to relate to, to these people. Either that, I'll just get on my phone and be like, oh... Okay, I'm police. I'm going to ask some people from the police, like, what is this mansion in the middle of the woods? What is this place? What am I doing here? Like, I I don't know. I think it's one of those that isn't going to work. But, you know, have someone prove me wrong. So you recommend I get Degeneration, the uh, anime? Uh, it's not quite anime. It's like... Not anime, it's CG. Yeah, it's CG. It's a really good film, actually. Um it's actually, yeah, we were talking the other day about video game adaptations not being great, but that's actually a good one. Because it's not really an adaptation, it's just like another story in the Resi universe, but it's been put into film form by some graphic designers or whatever, I guess. Uh, yeah, it's good. It's been a while since I've seen it. I might put that on the plane list, actually. Yeah, yeah, my plane list is TV shows I forgot to catch up on. Got any community in there? No... Uh, it's Walking Dead and Homeland. Oh, right, yeah. Oh, yeah, there'll, just, there'll be another one each of those, maybe? Y- yeah, yeah, it should be. Cool. I might watch them instead of, like, not on the plane, just watch them here. No, I'll save them for the plane, because I've watched pretty much every new film there is, because of the... I'd, like, 20 hours worth of flights going to and from China. I'm looking forward to watching so. Shin Godzilla on the plane. <laughs> they have that on the um, in-flight entertainment thing. In-flight entertainment. 
Remember to bring some compatible headphones. Or like 3.5 mil jack. 3.5, that should do it. Yeah. Like, I I really want to see Shin Godzilla because um, they're being, it was directed by the guy that directs the, the Neon Genesis Evangelion films. The, like, films of an anime that I really like. And the fourth one has been delayed and delayed and delayed because he's fucking directing Godzilla. And it better be worth it, Dean. If it's not, I'm going to be so angry. Well. And also, in, in this one, his tail is very phallic. <laughs> oh, Carl. Are we going to see a Godzilla in Japan? Yeah, yeah. There's there's one overhanging a building. Yeah, it's a cinema. Somewhere. It's the Toei Cinema. Um, they made him... Uh, that was part of the celebration for making him an honorary citizen, wasn't it? I'm not joking. <laughs> oh, no, you're not joking. That's why I find it funny. Um, so now you've seen the itinerary of what we've got planned in Japan. What's your... What are you most look for, looking forward to? I actually didn't pay that much attention to the itinerary. Um, <laughs> um, what am I most looking forward to? Uh, all my work's done in vain. Yeah, well, all my work was done in vain. You ignored it. So there. <laughs> <laughs> what am I most looking forward to? I, I don't know. I think it's not really any one thing. Like, obviously, I want to go and see the Gundam and stuff, but that's just like a statue. I'll, you know, I've seen pictures of it, but I guess I'll get to see it up close. Uh, yeah, <clears throat> excuse me. I think more than just any one thing, I think it's just the atmosphere, just being in a different culture. Because like I've done Europe, it's all the same everywhere you go, pretty much. Some items are different, like the people speak a slightly different language, but the general systems are the same. People, you know, still kind of act the same wherever you go in Europe, but like. Asia, like 6,000 miles away, fucking... Asia is very unique. Shit's different. Then. Compared to compared to Europe, especially. Mm. <laughs> especially since yeah, normally anywhere you go, English can get you quite far. You know, people pretty much understand the basics of English and understand what you want. Where Asia, like, we don't need to learn English. We can we can just make, you know, you got to learn our language. That You know, uh, English isn't that widely... Uh, I guess in, in some parts of the city, like the touristy bits in there, but I've got Google. English was a s- struggle. Yeah, exactly. We've got Google Translate. We've got technology on our side. Yeah, but it's uh, it's it's so cool just being like in a completely different culture and engrossed in that. But I'm most looking forward to. I was going to ask. <laughs> um, our road trip. Oh yeah, where are we going on that? We're going like to a pirate the, ship or something. To the lake town of Hakone. Hakone, Hakone. Hakone, I think. Hakone, Hakone, Hakone. Hopefully it'll be a clear day. We've got great views of Mount Fuji. We can go up on a mountain on a cable car. Uh, There's all sorts of different things to do. A pirate ship to ride. Are you taking the drone? Of fucking course. Of fucking course, cool. Need to charge it. just reminded me. Yeah, I'm going to do like one final charge of all my devices like a couple of hours before I leave, I think. Yeah. So we're going to um, vlog, 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 vlog it. Uh, I'm going to try and record some cool shit. Yeah, see, I was just planning on recording some voice on the way and then 
and maybe like in little bits, and then we can cut that into the episode that we do, or I'll I'll cut it in or something. I'd say you recorded your voice after when you got a good microphone. If you're going to dub footage, I mean the microphone on my phone isn't that bad, but I guess I see what you mean. You're on a plane. <laughs> I'm not going to be doing it on a plane. When you say on the way there, like oh, so we've meeting a- Dean at the airport in Holland. Woo, here he is. I guess that's killed it now. Thanks, Dean. <laughs> Jerk. <laughs> I can't really. You've got a soundbite loaded. I know you've got it, and I'm just. I'm, I'm kind of waiting for it to pop in because I know you're going to do it. <laughs> so just do it. <laughs> I don't think I've got it. Did you get rid of it from like an hour ago? How about sunrise land? There we go. I've been on tenterhooks, oh. just assuming it's coming at some point. <laughs> How about sunrise land? Yeah, just go onto YouTube and search for history of Japan. It's it's still an awesome video. How about I do anyway? Oh, right, I'm gonna go get some lunch. I'm pretty hungry. Yeah, I'm gonna probably play Dark Souls. I'm not gonna not even gonna try and lie. <laughs>